Hello, sir. Hey, how's it going? It's good. Long time to talk. I know. We took a week off. I yeah. was uh, traveling with the family, some family visiting in town, and uh, we went over to Chicago and explored around that city for a bit. So, yeah, it was nice to take a little time off. It's kind of hard to do at this stage of a startup, but I forced myself to do it, and I think it was good. Yeah, I have some... Um previous things that i had booked before i realized i would be trying to make a company right now and so it's like i'm I'm taking off like the next like the last friday and the next two fridays and then like a week and like i just have these things that are like i was i booked a lot of stuff for the summer um and so like my my friends were uh teasing me they're like you're just like your company is three weeks old and you're taking vacation (laughs) yeah who approved that pto (laughs) yeah exactly somebody's in trouble (laughs) oh man also, like, I don't know, sustainable pace and all that. It's good to yeah. get away from the keyboard and be rested and make smart decisions and all that. My takeaway from this was, like, I wasn't sure if I was going to try to actually get some work done, like actual concrete tasks done while while they were in town. And it just sort of worked out where I was like, you know what? I'm only going to have, like, a slice of time here or there, maybe an hour or two. And I'm most likely going to just get frustrated if I try to actually write code or write a blog post or do something that really requires like a long stretch of of deep focus time. So I just like made the decision like I'm just going to be happier if I take some time off and do things that I wouldn't normally do. So like I spent a fair amount of time just like in coffee shops. I actually read books in coffee shops, which I can't remember the last time i did that if ever i usually would usually have a laptop so i was like you know what this seems very uh like a very nice experience and i see other people doing it all the time i should give it a shot it's actually quite nice Mm -hmm. yeah that is and i saw you tweeting some nice photos of stuff you were reading that was kind of a cool way to share what was uh resonating for you yeah i i also like wandered around some bookstores and found out that I really enjoy that. Like it's it's fun to just look at book covers, flip through design books or just random things. And uh, I don't know, it just feels very inspiring because there's you realize it's just such a large creative body of work packed into there. Yeah, when you're at this stage, when I'm trying to be really creative with the new business, it's just kind of kind of fun to explore other people's creativity. Totally. I like that a lot. Yeah. Hot tip, if you do that same thing, but at the library, everything is free. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. I went to the library for the first time in, a, in years and like ended up checking out 10 books because I was just like, this is amazing. Maybe I'll read five minutes of this book, but whatever, I'll take it. I think libraries are probably super underrated. And the fact that we are, they're basically public institutions that we are continuing to maintain. And I have one right down the street from where I live right now. And I've gone there a few times. That's where like Rob and I whiteboarded. We, I rented a conference room there. Of course, it's free, you know, but just reserved a time block. And, and then there's just rows and rows of books. I'm like, I should probably be uh, taking advantage of this more. Yeah, there might be some knowledge in there that's useful. Mm-hmm. Could be. Yeah. Cool. Well, that sounds like a nice use of time. Yeah, so I'm just kind of getting back into the swing, really kind of started two days ago. So my goal for this week is to try to finish up the mockups that I've been talking about for weeks now (laughs) of like some of the communication flows inside of Level and particularly around like when someone wants to ask a question of their coworker, what does that look like in their inbox and do they receive notifications? And what about if someone just wants to talk water cooler type stuff, how does that look? And so I want to give start to give people a more concrete idea about how some of that will be structured and, and get feedback from folks. And I think that's going to be pretty valuable. So I want to try to wrap those up this week, trying to trying to stay really focused and not get distracted by code or other things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's tricky. 
it was nice timing that when we when we were off you were on uh, adam's podcast full stack radio and he asked you a lot of good questions about level and how what you were thinking yeah that was fun adam was like you know what i think people probably want to hear a bit more like specifics about what you're doing so i i appreciated the questions he asked and we can link that up in the show notes that that episode totally yeah that's cool anything else moving in your world um, I think that's about it. Pretty light, pretty light update for me this week. Um, Did you feel like you were able to unplug and step away without, you know, guilt or feeling like you should be working? Yeah, I think it took like a day or two, but convincing myself that it would be worse off if I tried to get stuff done, I, I was kind of able to relax and I kind of forgot about, you know, the to-do list for a little while and I do feel refreshed. So I think it was successful. Cool. Yeah, that's good. That's that's one of those things uh, we've talked about this in the past that is the the double-edged sword of full autonomy. I was just thinking like today I went and like got a haircut and picked up my dry cleaning and I was like, "Oh, it's nice to be able to complete those tasks during the day." And when I had a salary job, like that would just be like I got away with something. You know, like I, I like ran my errands during the day, that's awesome. And with this it's kind of like, "Well, I ran my errands during the day and I didn't work on another thing, so that's kind of only hurting myself." So it's not like knowing there's a profitable business that's chugging along that like it's just covering everything it's like well yeah we're still kind of where we were and it's pros and cons the progress that you make is not measurable in dollars right now so it's just hard to you don't have that backstop of like well at least we booked our normal revenue that we would normally book today you know we got back kind of late and then so the next day i was going to start getting back to work again and i decided that night to sit down and jot down a few things that i wanted to accomplish the next day and I knew that I would still have some like other random errands to run and some things interrupting my day. But I was like, if I just write down like a few important things and make sure I get those done, then I think I can convince myself like mentally that I have, you know, been productive enough for the day. And it actually it worked. So I kind of want to try to do that. Just be more intentional with maybe the night before nothing super formal, just jotting down like what are the things I want to accomplish uh, the next day and and release myself of like feeling like if I didn't write code, I haven't actually gotten quote unquote real work done. You know? Oh yeah, totally. So yeah, you can just ignore that, <laughs> that voice. I think there's so much more than just code that is real work. Although I have to convince myself of that because that's what I'm doing. So yep. I'm <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nice. It's crazy. All these like, uh, not totally rational and not often correct voices in our heads. Like the, the sayings that pop into our, like, Oh, I'm, I didn't get anything done today. Cause I didn't write code. Or like, I should feel bad because I picked up my dry cleaning. Just stuff to work on all the time. So much of this is is the mental component. It's just mastering your brain. I've been trying to like really focus on that and pay attention to it and communicate a lot and meditate a bit and journal and all kinds of stuff. I'll share some of that stuff, by the way, that I've been doing that I think is helping. But yeah, that's cool. Uh, my turn? Yeah, let's segue. What's sure. going on in Tupeland? Uh, Tupeland, lots going on. The thing that I've been mostly focused on is uh, filling up our alpha. We are darn near there, actually. We have a couple teams, uh, possibly one more coming. We have uh, a good number of people. I'm getting really close to the, the number I had in mind, which is about 20 people. It's going to end up being roughly that. But I, we've booked some substantial prepay revenue at this point, which feels really good. So like the last time I talked to you, we were at I had done like $700 worth of prepays, and then I had verbal for another 500 and as of today, we're sitting uh, just under four thousand dollars. Wow! Congrats. Thank you. That's and awesome. I, and I have like verbal yeses on about another thousand. So, and like people are DMing me on Twitter and saying, "Hey, like I heard on Art of Product that you want some teams, so can we get in?" And like the conversion of that is going pretty well. 
it feels really good. What are the criteria for getting into the alpha? Is it that they make the prepayment or how does that work? I mean, that's that's one of them um, is the prepayment plus seeming like the kind of people and company that will give us good feedback and like empathetic feedback and be good sort of alpha partners, I guess. We don't want someone in, in there who's going to just be a jerk or like, like I want high standards, but I also want someone that wants to use an alpha tool. They'll say, hey, can we get in the alpha? I'll say, yes, but it costs money. And they go, okay, cool. I'm, I'm going to wait till the product exists. We don't want to buy an alpha tool. Like, no problem. That's like totally fine. But I want the people that are like, yes, we want this to exist. And we want to be on the bleeding edge of it and like, you know, report bugs and, and give feedback and help shape the development. So there's, there's that piece. Also, we're Mac only right now and will be for the foreseeable future. So that's important. Those are kind of the big ones. Cool. Yeah. Do you have a timeline in mind for when when Alpha would be ready? <laughs> I would never be so foolish as to commit to that uh, right now. <laughs> um, we have a soft date in our heads that we've been sharing amongst ourselves, but have not committed to any of our people yet. And that's actually one of the things I said is like, hey, like this is a prepayment, but it's you're not buying a license to this thing right now. This is a prepayment for a thing that does not exist. I can't give you a date yet for when I'm going to have something in your hands. You have to just be okay with that. We are working hard and trying to move fast, uh, but I, I don't want to put a date on it yet because I think that would be folly. Mm-hmm. Smart. Keep that close to the vest for now. <laughs> yeah. Are there two other co-founders just writing code all day long? Is that basically what it's, what it's looking like? Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. They're mostly writing code. They're pairing a lot, actually, which makes sense for us in particular. Joel, who is our COO, is doing some other things too, where it's like we're trying to, our incorporation situation is a little tricky uh, because we're doing an LLC, but we want to have vesting. And so like the Stripe Atlas default LLC docs don't have vesting. So we're trying to get hooked up with a lawyer to add the terms and blah, blah, blah. So that's proving to a little tricky and to take some time. So he's he's like leading that process. Those two are doing basically coding plus one other thing typically. Yeah, but I'm I'm actually just kind of full-time sales and marketing right now, which is interesting. Yeah. Let's see. We didn't record last week and it was it was last week or the week before when you shipped your landing page, right? Yeah. So, yeah. how did that how did that go? That launch. Oh, uh wow. Yeah, we haven't covered that. That's funny. It's yeah. time flies. A lot has happened. Uh, I know. I, I didn't even think of that that was a thing we hadn't talked about. Um yeah, that went really well. Steve uh, recorded an episode of Refactoring UI as he like cleaned up our crappy landing page that we hacked together, which was really awesome of him to do because it put us in front of his audience, which is wonderful. So we're at just under 1,200 subscribers now to the list, which is pretty cool. And also, man, it blows my mind. So we put a little button on the thank you page after you drop your email and it's like, hey, by the way, if you could tweet, that would be really helpful. Like we're a small team trying to make this thing and that'd be cool. And a lot of people did it probably hundreds uh, and so thank you to all of you uh, that was like it's awesome it's like, and also it's just encouraging to see it's just even just from a psychological point which i said is so important it's like just seeing people be like i'm excited about this thing and i'm sharing this thing and trying to help you make this a success just feels so good like amidst the swirling uncertainty of like is this a good thing is it going to be good can we do it should we make this thing so that felt really good yeah i had a similar experience with that with the tweet button on mine and it was yeah it was awesome to see yeah, yeah, yours, yours blew up with the, the name thing, the name reservation. All the indicators seem to be pointing in the right direction. I'm not going to say that we haven't, like, I have no anxiety or concerns or all that, but I feel like at this phase of the game, I'm feeling like this idea is validated, the direction is validated, there's money in the bank from people saying that they want to be part of it on the early phase. I'm getting interest from teams at a fairly decent clip, which to me, I think is probably our ideal customer. 
is probably someone that has, you know, 10-ish developers or, I mean, or 100, who knows, but like, you know, multiple people to sign up simultaneously is is great. So things are feeling good. I would actually say the most uncertainty is around the tech side. So like this is, I feel like a lot of the times, if I were building an alpha for sort of a CRUD app, I would be thinking like, let's build a crappy version as quickly as possible to get it into people's hands and see if we can validate if we're building the right thing and, and what needs to change. And we're actually moving away from that approach a little bit right now. I'm curious to hear your thoughts. So we started off building in Electron because it was like, this is sort of a really fast way to get a desktop app going in technology that we know. And uh, we've been pushing down that path and we have sort of like a crappy alpha going. A lot of the functionality is there, but we keep talking about it. We think that eventually we're going to want to go like a fully native app. We're going to want that control. We're going to want that performance. Having Chromium and Electron in the mix as dependencies and an intermediate layer and React in there, just all that stuff. Like, yes, Chromium is actually calling C++. And so like it's calling native code and, and all this, but it just, it feels like if we're going to sweat that performance detail to the extreme, which we are and we have to, at some point, I just see us being like, yeah, we're a little bit hamstrung by this decision, so we have to go fully native now. And so to me, now is the easiest time to do that. The more we add and the more we refine to the existing product, the, the more that we will have to do later. If we get to the point where we release that crappy-ish alpha to the alpha people and then decide now it's time to go fully native, they will get no updates while we go. So it's like the time pressure, I think right now is the lowest that it will be where no one has anything. We have no promised dates to anyone. And yes, it will take us more time, I believe, to build a native solution than to work in Electron. It's like the hill is steeper, but like we have a bit of runway. We have some time. The mountaintop is better. The view from the top of that one is better than the other one. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. Because what are the main benefits of the quickly put together MVP product? The main thing is to get it in users' hands so that they can validate whether you're on the right track and then you can adjust and pivot as needed. The path is so clear. Like the core feature set is actually relatively small. And what you need to do now is execute really well on it and be a suitable alternative to, you know, Zoom or Skype plus teletype or whatever people are doing, you know. So I think there is a certain bar that you want to try to hit, especially because you can you know, you guys can afford to maybe take an extra few months and quote unquote, do it the right way. You know, you'll never have a bigger splash than the splash you make when you initially launch this thing. And if and if it's unreliable or shoddy, I think, you know, chances are you're going to have a, a really big, large set of people kind of watching this and trying it out right when it's ready to go. I think it would be a shame if people were like, ah, it's it's crappy, write it off. And then right. And I've seen that happen to other people in this space, where it's like, I tried X and it was just kind of laggy. So I, I stopped. And it's like, okay, yeah, you got that. That person got that one shot. I want to avoid a lot of that. I don't see us actually doing a big bang launch probably for a long time. I could see us doing this like sort of small batch invite, you know, on board with the founders kind of thing for a while, partly because like the product keeps getting better. And so it's like, we want to sort of trickle people into it and, you know, make sure it's really rock solid. I want our first crack at this to be an honest, real representation of the kind of things we're going to care about and to me building on top of a technology which by the way also has like a notorious reputation of being a resource hog and a slow and like having performance problems it's just like even if that's gotten better since then like perceptually that's that could be a problem yeah 
So, That's something I'm, I is in the back of my mind too, and I'm not sure what I'm going to do. Level is potentially less resource intensive than than tuple because it's not you know having to hook into video drivers and all that kind of stuff. But still, like it's in the back of my mind that Slack is the famous Electron app that everyone despises because it's resource intensive. And I've heard this over and over again. Developers are like, please do not build your desktop client in Electron. That's partially unfair. Like I think there's they're sort of misusing the technology a bit. And there's probably a way to do it, but to do it in a way that's not so so bad. But it's still like, uh, I don't know, is this if you invest that much into that ecosystem and then to have to roll back, it just sounds really painful, especially for, for a bootstrapper, you know? Yep. You have a similar decision to make, it sounds like. Yeah. Maybe it's an easier decision for me to start with Electron because I feel like I haven't played around with it much, but I feel like it would be you know, 90% just serving my web app in the container, which I will already be building like a, the experience in the browser, and it'll be very similar. So hopefully it wouldn't be too much effort just to drop that into the Electron environment. Um, yeah, that sounds accurate. Do you think it's important to have a desktop app for a tool like yours? I'm skeptical that it's that it's absolutely necessary. People just expect it. So what it what it comes down to is like, can I convince people that just using browser is good enough? Or is there just this expectation of like, well, I'm waiting around because it doesn't have native desktop functionality, you know, I, I don't know. I need to kind of test the market a little bit and see what the what the threshold is. And, and yeah, I would also wonder, like, if part of your pitch is that your tool is respectful of time and attention and all that. And so it's like, should this really be an always open kind of thing on your system? Yeah. No, it's a good question. And that's why, like when I was brainstorming with uh, Adam on full stack radio, I was like, you know, one one feature that I've been tossing around is like allowing you to set your cadence on how often you want to check it. And then literally the screen just kind of locks, locks you and makes you like, I don't know, type in a password or do something to overcome that barrier so that it, you know, keeps you from compulsively checking it all the time. I like that a lot. Yeah, I like that a lot. Like, so when I'm trying to get work done, I block a bunch of stuff in my hosts file. Um, and because I compulsively open Twitter, like just like command TT enter. And like, I do that a million times a day and I'll block it in my host file. And as soon as it goes like that page doesn't load, I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. And I just close that tab and then go do something else. And just the annoyance of having to like pseudo edit my host file keeps me from a lot of missed productivity. And so I could see like your thing, even if it's just like click here, like, you know, you said you didn't want to check this. Are you sure? Yes. Click here to say yes. Yes. Like just like throw up a little bit of a roadblock to prevent that like compulsive checking could be good. Totally. Yeah. I like that idea a lot. Yeah. So I don't know. I think it remains to be seen on, on the electron desktop app, whether that's necessary or not. Hopefully I can convince people that it's not, and I don't have to go there. I will have to do mobile. So I'll have to do something, figure out whether I try to use an HTML to mobile type of environment like um what's it called phone gap uh, titanium mm, mm-hmm. yeah um Interesting. yeah okay but yeah hmm. that's down the line yeah well that'd be interesting yeah so i made myself a kpi dashboard yeah tell me about this thing what gets measured gets managed they say and so i was like maybe i should have a dashboard just to figure out what the a like the exercise of deciding what should be on there seems useful and then B, just having some things to keep myself honest sound useful too. I put a number of things on there. One of these I'm thinking about killing. Um, it's the first one actually, which is my current Twitter follower count, which is like, eh, 
it's to me it's debatable it's like it, it's sort of a platform for me and like it's kind of a top of funnel situation for some people to enter my world of tuple and such does it really deserve a spot on here of my most important things probably not so i think i might kill that but we'll see the next is new tuple email subscribers in the last week which saw any a nice jump from zero to uh 1200 in this last week so that might uh, throw off the data for a little while but you know it'll settle into something eventually also revenue in the last seven days because hey we have revenue which is pretty cool uh and the last thing is actually it brings me to another topic which is new code quality challenge subscribers in the last week relaunching that in fact by the time people hear this um they will have i think like a, a day or two left to sign up for the next cohort because i'm running another cohort starting july uh, 2nd if you're interested uh, check that out just a quick pitch for it 30 day code quality challenge in case you aren't aware is uh 30 days where monday through friday i send out a uh, short challenge to everybody that's in the cohort and we do it together as a group and it was a discourse forum and it's a 20 minute task to improve your code base so things like, hey, grab your code base for to-do comments and uh, delete those comments if they're outdated or make an issue somewhere better if there aren't, things of that nature. Just like little little cleanups to sort of tidy the house a little bit. And I've run this a couple times and people really seem to like it a lot uh, and got a lot of value out of it. And it's, I think this sort of steady drumbeat of small wins is a nice way to get yourself in a quality mindset and give the team some shared vocabulary and has a lot of nice follow-on effects. I decided to restart this because... I think it is going to be the top of my marketing funnel. Sales and marketing are my job now, so it's been on my mind a lot for Tuple. So it's like, okay, how do I make a funnel that at the bottom is a bunch of people that want to buy a pair programming tool? My funnel, as of today, I'm imagining is most things that I do funnel into the code quality challenge. That's sort of like my best bait. It's good. People like it. It's free. And it is language agnostic. So it has a really wide open mouth of the funnel, which is like programmers that care about quality. And so my plan is to basically, if it works, run one of those just about every month, I think. Invest in it substantially and make it really good, and but still free. Then after you go through the code quality challenge, pitch people on a pair programming course, a paid one. So basically build a course that is, how do you be a really good pair programmer if you're a junior, if you're an intermediate, if you're advanced? Don't quite know what that course is going to look like, but that's that's the gist. How do you how do you do this well? Um, depending on or like whatever your uh, ability level is or your familiarity, and so that's like narrows the funnel down to people that are interested in code quality and interested in pairing. And now it's like I have a perfect list of people that are willing to spend money to get better at pairing. This is a pretty good list of leads for the final step, which is tuple customers. Totally. Oh, I like it. Very good. Yeah. Thanks. I um yeah, I had this one day where I just like was like thinking for hours and just like relaxing and like that sort of sequence came to me and I was like, "Ooh." And I had forgotten that I had the code quality challenge and that I had ever done that. If you remember, like I think the first cohort I did of that was like 150 people or something. And then I asked everyone to tweet about it and like to tell their friends about it and whatnot. And the next cohort was 1000 people. It felt like it was really like growing and, and gaining momentum and like it had, you know, struck a nerve and people were into it. And so I had just like abandoned that when I like went off to do other things. And I was like, wait a second, like that is the perfect top of funnel thing. Um, and I like it better than like a five day email course or whatever. But it's like, it's actually like a, a highly useful, popular thing uh, that gets you in sort of my, my circle. And you, it's sort of evergreen. Like you don't have to continue building new content necessarily. I mean, you can keep tweaking things or refining things, but the core of it's going to be stable, right? So yep. 
and I, I want to make it even better. So it's just like I, I want people to be a little bit surprised at how good it is for being a free course. So I might add some office hours or something like or just, just kind of keep cranking up the quality and, and the, the usefulness of it. I think another thing I'm going to add to my KPI dashboard is like some sort of completion percentage. Like how many people are still commenting the forum or still completing the exercises or, or whatnot like, and just try to make it a really effective course. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be important to like measure that funnel and make sure because I'm sure you're going to get a lot in because it's very aspirational. So then it's like, you know, how many people are, I mean, it's valuable for the exposure. Now they know who you are if they're at least trying it out and they can at least get kind of interested in Tuple. But measuring like, is this actually being effective or are people kind of dropping off? It's going to be, I think, really good to do. Yep. And the nice thing about this approach is that there's a paid product at the bo- at the middle of the funnel. And so it's like maybe someone never becomes a customer, but maybe they maybe they buy the never become a tuple customer, but they buy the course. I was like running some numbers where it's like, I went from 150 to 1000 people, maybe I can't do that again. But I, I don't think it's crazy that I could be running three or 4000 people a month through it, possibly as it, as it grows and gets better. And there's like referrals every time. And so if over the next 12 months, 18 months, I can put 50,000 people through that course, a 2% conversion rate to paid is 1000 customers. So a product that costs 200 bucks is like suddenly real revenue um, for for bootstrap people that have none, you know, (laughs) none-ish. Right. Yeah, that could be a nice funding source for the for tuple development. (laughs) So it's like maybe that like extends our runway by a lot. And that just makes us so much harder to kill, basically. Like it just makes us a cockroach. Right. Uh, we can kind of like keep working on this thing and keep making it better. I like so that. So yeah. I kind of see it as like buying time to make the product really, really good. And basically training our next generation of customers. Like there's probably a thousand people that want a pair program but are intimidated by it or had a bad experience and think thought it was that their fault or whatever. And like we can kind of create this this next cohort to make them potential customers for the product. Yeah, I like it. And I liked what you said earlier about like making it surprisingly good for for being a free thing cuz I mean that's that's classic like doing things that don't scale, which is what you know you should absolutely be doing at this stage, especially since you have a team to work with and you don't have to worry about slinging the code all day long. You can you know you have a little bit of bandwidth to to do those things. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. Thanks. Yeah, right. Because like, I feel like someone will be like, this is free. And there's like a live, like it runs in real time. And there's like a real human answering questions in the forum or like holding office hours like that feels like it should shouldn't be free. It's like, yeah, well, I can we can do that because we have the, the, the bandwidth. So let's abuse that privilege. So yeah, I was very psyched when I when that kind of came to me. We'll see. We'll see how it works in practice. And I'll still have to go, you know, it's still, there's still a bunch of work ahead. But I, I like the the strategy feels good to me. Mm-hmm. Has there been a lot of interest? Have you been promoting the the reboot? On, not on yet so stuff. so my plan okay. is so i got the the landing page already and you can go by the time you hear this anyone that hears this can absolutely go sign up so it's all like set up again and like says like when the next cohort is and i, I have the the welcome emails ready and all that but my plan is basically to promote it heavily next week i didn't want to promote it early and then say oh and also when it starts in like 15 days or whatever i want to catch people when they're still kind of excited about it my plan is basically to next week um next week for you and me in the next few days reach out to everyone that's been through it plus my personal list plus whatever and say hey it's running again will you help me promote it could you tweet about this today or something there's already a few hundred people that expressed interest in the past couple months that never went through it yet so try to just start like have like a one week sprint of a launch basically for that nice cool i can't wait to hear the hear the results of that yeah we'll see i'm excited to see how it works 
what are you using for your KPI dashboard? What tooling? Uh, oh man, it's a Haskell uh, program that calls out to a uh, <laughs> Lambda, uh, Lambda, and uh, it's uh, no, I'm just kidding. It's Kafka actually. Uh, I spin up a series of <laughs> Beowulf clusters on Kubernetes. Yeah, it's got Kubernetes in there yeah. too. Yeah. Uh, that makes it faster. Mm-hmm. And uh, React on the front end, <laughs> and uh, Ember on the back end. Uh, it is a uh, five-column uh, Google Sheet. Nice, fully okay. manual. Fully manual. All right. I was like, hey, did you did you spend a bunch of time like getting APIs and webhooks wired up to this thing? Or you know, I wanted to. Yeah, of course. But you know, I gotta you know, gotta not. So yeah. maybe someday. Speaking of which, random business idea I had as I was building myself this mm-hmm. CEO dashboards.com. Ooh. Like, I bet there are some CEOs out there that don't have a KPI dashboard and they don't want to ask their dev team to go make it. And so if you did like a productized consulty kind of thing where it's like, hey, like we'll come in and we'll build you version one for 50 grand and then we'll keep it up to date for three grand a month or whatever as things change and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Could be interesting. Yeah, because there's a lot of there are a number of tools out there that try to basically do dashboards as a service where like they integrate with different things and you can just hook them up and drop them on the, the grid. But so much of this stuff is like not easily wire upable, you know? Yep. Yep, exactly. Everyone wants to sell you like the we don't have to do any work version of that. But this would just embrace like it's going to take work. We're going to have to do things. But like you don't want to pull a developer or two off some other project. So like we'll just come in and you can still become experts in integrating with the various the hundred different things that most people use. Right. And whatnot. Yeah. You could start out as a service and then gradually like automate things so that you're doing less and less manual work. And then. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. So that's Free a freebie. business idea. There you go. Freebie. Um, but you'll have to compete with, you know, five, a five column Google sheet. So uh, uh, we'll see. yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I'm looking forward to like refining that and adding stuff to it and removing stuff from it and figuring out what makes sense. But so far I've done it twice, but like a little Monday kind of monday morning like all right kick off the week let's check the numbers and fill in my spreadsheet and see which ways things are going i think i actually want to steal that idea because i kind of now like find myself in addition to checking twitter when i'm like when my brain is wanting to like get a quick hit i like check other numbers like oh what's the what's the handle reservation count at and what's the subscriber count at yet and, and how many people have visited the site today did i get a bump from anywhere else like so if this was in one place and even if it's manual, but if I just like implement a policy for myself that I'm only allowed to update it once a day or something like that, like, mm-hmm. I don't know, just playing tricks with my head again, but <laughs> totally. Yeah. Um, I mean, but at it. least if there was a place that I could put it, then I could, you know, I can easily visualize the rate of change over time of things and, and just hopefully like think less about it. Um, yeah. It hasn't worked for me, but maybe for you. <laughs> yeah. I'm still yeah. addicted to the dopamine. So yeah, we'll see. I know. Oh, and well, one last thing I said I yeah. promised to talk about, which is like uh, brain stuff. Yeah. Um, so I've been trying this thing that I like so far. It's called the five minute journal. Okay. And it is a thing you write in in the morning and the night. Mm-hmm. And in the morning, it has three spots for I am grateful for one, two, three. What would make today great? One, two, three. And then daily affirmations. I am dot, dot, dot. Uh, and then at night, you do three amazing things that happened today. One, two, three. And how could I have made today even better? Hmm. Um, cool. And... I've only got a few days under my belt, but I'm enjoying the process. It's kind of a nice thing when I like in the morning, I'll like grab my coffee and just like rather than like open up Twitter, I'm like, let me just take two minutes and and do this and, you know, think of have some gratitude and 
have some intentions for the day and just feels like a nice, nice way to get my brain in the right state to get Mm -hmm. going. Do you feel like this would be a habit formed, like uh, doing it intentionally over time, then like just, it just becomes a regular thing you do, or do you think it would be like a limited period of time type of thing? Well, I mean, knowing how hard it is to pick up a habit, I'm almost sure it will be a limited period of time. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I have in the past used things like this and like journaling and meditation sort of uh, for acute conditions where it's like, I'm really stressed this week. And so let me meditate every morning this week because it's going to help. And it does. Um, And journaling helps too. uh, And exercise helps too. And so I have had success doing those uh, in bursts. I just, I'm just not that good at sticking with habits. I think it's a, a universal challenge for everyone. So like doing a thing in the morning and the night every day, eh, probably not going to last that long, but it'll be nice to sort of have experienced that and know like, Hey, uh, I'm feeling really frazzled in the morning or like, I feel like I'm, fo- I'm, I'm overly negative and I'm not focused on the good things that are happening. Let me try to like bust that out and, and do a few days of journaling and kind of get my head back where it should right. be. So you're validating it as something that can be in your tool belt of treatments for yeah. getting your mental state back on track. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like yeah. it. It's nice. I actually made myself a little document of things to do when I'm feeling anxious. Mm-hmm. It's just like, I actually brainstormed it with my mom, who's a therapist. So it's kind <laughs> of cheating. And she knows me really well. So it's double cheating. Uh, but it's just like a list of things like what usually makes you feel good? Like, what are some good things you can do to reset your state? And like, what's worked in the past? And it's just nice to have everything in one spot. So it's like, okay, break glass in case, case of anxiety. Like, read this list and like, you know, work your way down and just, just try these and see how it goes. Yeah. Nice. I like that. Yeah. I have to build something similar. Yeah. I think it's nice to have a plan. Yeah. Anything else? I think that's it for me. Okay. That episode with Justin was good. Yeah, I agree. That's a really nice sort of dynamic feel to mm-hmm. it with, mm-hmm. with three people. That was yeah. Cool. Yeah. I liked it. I'll have to have him back on and, and grill him on some of the other questions that we didn't get to, to ask him. Totally. Yeah. That would be cool. Alrighty, my friend. Cool. Well, shall we wrap it? Let's wrap it. Cool. Uh, Show notes? Show notes can be found at artofproductpodcast.com. Thanks for listening. Thank you.